Welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast. Thanks for giving us another go. This is episode two and we're here to talk about the first year of fatherhood. Hopefully our sometimes mediocre fatherhood can give you some insight on how to be a better dad. I'm your host, Nick Bentley, married, dad of three, firefighter, and I'm winging my way through it. And I'm joined by... Cam Law, father of two, to a three-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy, and for some reason, we're still thinking about going for the third. (coughs) Nice. So the recap of episode one, we spoke about pregnancy, and um, yeah, definitely worth going back and having a listen through that one, because there was a bit of shit talk, but there was also some absolute nuggets for new dads there, even little things like how to help their missus all the way through. The new episode today, we're talking about the first year, so after the baby was born, and this is the prime time for dad fuck-ups. So listen out. Um, If you have any questions or you want to send us an email, send it through to shitdadpod at gmail.com. Okay, we've got a few topics we want to talk about today, uh, but let's start with the feeling of leaving the hospital for the first time with your baby. Cam, what do you think, mate? The first time it happened, I was in complete and utter disbelief that they just let you take a baby home. There's no training, there's no manual, there's nothing. It's mega. And everyone says that, and it's funny, but when you're putting that tiny little thing into the car seat, trying to figure out actually how to use the car seat for the first time, that's when it really hits you. Do you reckon you'd relate it to, you know, when you're like searching around in the garden when you're a kid and you pick up like a gecko or a skink or something and you're just trying not to kill it? Yes. And it's like, and then like the tail falls off all of a sudden and it's like, oh my God, what have I done? That's exactly it. It's bang on, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just a... And they're, they're, you know, they're pretty durable, you know, considering they're so small and they've just come out. But uh, yeah, you're definitely, you know, walking on eggshells and, you know, trying to trying to make sure that, you know, they sleep as much as possible and you're following all the different bits of advice that you can. Um, but for us, yeah, first year, and it's funny to talk about this topic, the first year, because we're, we're cramming a lot of different things into one topic. You could almost section it off month by month, but, you know, for the, for the purpose of what we're doing today, trying to think about, you know, getting through from the moment they're home to that first birthday party is how I've kind of thought of it. Yeah, nice. Um, I don't know about you, but I've never driven so slow in my life. <laughs> I probably could have got pulled over for dangerous driving in the other direction. Yeah, I agree. I was taking tunnels. I was, I was staying in the left lane. It was, it was probably the scariest drive of my life. Oh, it's, yeah. And um, then you get that, that moment as well of when you finally do get home and get your bags in, get settled. <laughs> the fuck do we do now? <laughs> That's literally my next point. I just remember getting home and thinking to myself, what now? Like you get yourself comfortable, you put your bags down and you're just like, what do I do now? Why is it not doing anything? You're like, when does it do something fun? Like when does it get interesting? When do they start doing stuff? That's right. When do we use all this shit that we bought? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, last last episode we spoke about um, all the stuff that you need to, to buy or the stuff that it helps to have. And yeah, you don't get to use most of it until they're like three months yeah, old. <laughs> yeah, Because I mean, at the end of the day, all they really need is, you know, is their mum. And to be, either, you know, either breastfed or formula fed, whatever you choose to do. That titty. Uh, and then, you know, still 
not an awful lot that the dad can do. That's right, yeah. How much of the first year do you remember? I think I remember more of my first kid's first year because, you know, it was all fresh and new. Um, second time around, it's certainly, you know, you've got a bit more of a distraction having the second kid, I'd say. Did you get paternity leave? Yeah, I did. I was very lucky. I was managed to get uh, about four weeks off, Ooh. which is a bit of a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I reckon. Because, yeah, like we said, you want to um, kind of get yourself established, and, you know, at home, but... Um, you really do try and find things to, as a dad that you can do. Uh, but I don't think, yeah, I remember large chunks of time. You know, pe- some periods were, you know, they went really fast. Other periods seemed to have gone really slow. I feel like Harper was about three months old for, I reckon, six months because <laughs> that was probably one of the toughest months, you know. It felt like it was dragging on for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then certainly rem- remember things around, you know, trying to help uh, my wife figure out how to breastfeed because that's, you know, yeah, I can I can read books and give moral support, but at the end of the day, that was something that she ultimately needed to figure out. Um, and then, you know, getting getting used to, you know, I've mostly got memories of just being covered in different types of fluids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Vomit and shit. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> definitely. That's where that massive stockpile of baby wipes came in handy, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about the first year, um, even though I, I did go through it three times and... Yeah, I just remember being so excited to take Ollie for a walk. That's my oldest boy. Um, he's five now, turning six. And I just remember the most exciting part of that first year was when can I take him for a walk, you know? Get him in the pram, get outside and take the dog out the dog park. But, yeah, being in that house was just so boring, you know? Like, And that's why when you said you had four weeks pat leave, yeah. I was like, well, what are you doing? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the nature of my job, yeah, off four days a week. So you work four and you've got four days off and though even just the four days off were just like painful because yeah. as much as you loved hanging out with your kid and you're helping your wife, it just got so dull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, way more cautious with the first kid than the, the second and the third. Yeah, a lot of time just worrying about things yeah. that you just because you really just don't know. Yeah, and you you get a lot of advice throughout that first um, the first pregnancy and the first year of, of life. That when you have further kids, you're just like, oh, what do they worry about that, you know? like. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. When you have more kids, you, you kind of get used to things. And um, it sounds bad, but you're not as cautious and uh, you don't worry as much. Yeah. Um, I, the best advice I ever got from a, um, a paramedic was babies bounce. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. I didn't do it personally. But I think he was just getting to the point of you don't have to be so cautious. Like um, they're very resilient, like you yes, said before. Yeah. but. They can take a few knocks to the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still, can at six years old too. From his yeah, I know. Younger we, siblings. Yeah, we were. We, you know, I think my Google account was constantly being used every other day around. Can my baby do this? Okay, <laughs> or is this green gunk normal? <laughs> <laughs> can babies have coffee? Because <laughs> I need lots of it. Moving on from that, how hard was the first year for you? By and large, it was. It was certainly the hardest year. I would say. I think no matter how many kids you have or um, how old they are or how far apart they are, the first year is always the hardest. There's just, you know, they're so dependent on you at every single, you know, minute of the day from food to sleep and they can't communicate as well. That certainly, uh, you know, makes it a lot tougher. Um, and even, you know, if you've got other ones, the youngest one still needs that attention yeah. at the end of the day. So, yeah, definitely definitely the hardest year. Big adjustment, obviously, Um from someone like me who is, you know, very 
focused on their career and their job and really, you know, that was kind of, you know, a big part of my life to then that shifting priority around, well, actually, you know, home is mm. the most important thing now. Yeah. You need to be home on time to bath and to do all that routine thing. Yeah, certainly it was an adjustment. You know, the more you lean into it, I think it definitely helps as well. But really that first year, you just try to keep them alive. And then after that, when they're walking and talking, that's when it is a, a shift in, you know, what you're trying to do as a parent and actually teach them how to be people. I think it's really important to also highlight that, uh, what you're saying about being at home is the most important part. Like it is good to have a career and um, be really career focused, but you can still spend as much time as you can at home and contribute as much as you can at home because not only does it help your missus, but it makes you feel good. It gives you a better connection with your kid. Mm. And ultimately a better connection with your wife too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's something you do well, which I need to get better at, is um, cooking. Like just, you know, having a, a bunch of different, you know, variations of things that you make. I think it's great. Instagram, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go the other direction with the first year. I thought like as, as worrying as it is in the first, the first kid, the second and third kid, I found this, the first year was actually awesome. Reason being... There's no attitude, there's no anger because they don't, they aren't capable of um, having those emotions. So it's literally just cuddles, smiles, blowing bubbles and most importantly, shits that don't stink <laughs> because as soon as they get solid shits, they are brutal. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I guess, you know, they are, you also at a certain point can just plonk them down and they can't move. Yeah. That's pretty handy. So we got one of those expensive alphabet colorful picture mats thinking we're going to teach them stuff from a real young age it's going to be really good and literally it became the mat in front of our tv where we just plonked kid and just like sat there watching or like um just playing with them on the mat changing nappies on it it's like yeah it didn't matter if they spewed or shat on it because you just pressure clean it off it was all good yeah yeah and yeah, I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't even look at the letters or numbers or pictures on it until they were like two <laughs> anyway. So it became like a, a mobile change mat. It was great. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk sleep, Cam. Did you know that you could operate on such little sleep? I did not. <laughs> I still doubt my ability sometimes to operate on such little sleep. Um, yeah, not going to lie. It's probably one of the hardest parts and one of the biggest uh, adjustments is how often do you normally, but pre-kids, have to get up and, you know, multiple times throughout the night, sporadically, and actually do something, you know? It's the difference between kind of waking up and rolling over as opposed to getting up and actually, you know, feeding something or, yeah. or doing something that you need to do to help your wife, for example. Um, so, for me, it's someone who loves their sleep and was generally a good sleeper. I was going to say, I've known you a long time <laughs> and I think you love sleep more than anything in, in existence before your kids came along. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but that's obviously when you lean into uh, um, you know, buying your home coffee machines and you know, investing in some good beans. Ooh, bloody dog. <laughs> so you're, you're against the Aldi pod machines? Or? Oh, no, we've got that as well. Oh, that's, <laughs> this is a backup machine. Five variations yeah, of cool. ways to make coffee, depending on how fast you need it. I go cheap and nasty like myself. <laughs> Nothing like a couple of scoops of Makona. Sometimes just out of the spoonful. No, no, it doesn't have the same. <laughs> uh, but I, I think you know when it comes to sleep, there are there are some days where because I work in an office job, so some days where I go in, I could just sit there staring at a blank screen, uh, you know, and and not really doing an awful lot. Um, you know, the coffee obviously helps, but um, how does the lack of sleep affect you and your role? 
Um, being a shift worker, lack of sleep's never really been a an issue for me. Mel will tell you differently. My wife will tell you differently. But um, like I, I get a bit crabby after night shifts. But as far as getting up in the night and helping and changing nappies and helping with the feed and um, changing piss-soaked sheets or whatever you've got to do, sleep deprivation's never been a big issue because... At work, if the bells go at night time, you're jumping up anyway and you're just straight into action. So it was like that's my reaction now yeah. when the baby starts crying. Um, and it's moved further now into the older – as the kids have got older, anytime I hear a noise at night time, I'm straight up, yeah, right. you know. But honestly, I never really worried about getting up during the night because I'm a massive soccer fan and the English Premier League is only on at night and like past midnight. So – Especially on weekends, it was great because I could actually – I had an excuse to get up and watch the games. Like you'd get up and give Bub a cuddle and <laughs> if, if, they were, if they wouldn't settle, you can just get them on the, on the shoulder and watch a game or watch any game that's on or watch a replay of the game that's just finished or, yeah, it was great. That's a really good tip, you know. If you if like you, sports, yeah. Yeah, or, or learn, to, learn to love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It gives you something to watch at yeah, night time. Yeah, yeah. Better and, than the old Daniels Direct in the middle of the Yeah, spot time. on, yeah. And <laughs> things like um, Optus Sports now. They, you can just replay pretty much any game from the last however long. So ten, a 10-year-old game, like a classic yeah. classic match, they call it. Yeah, you get up and that, there's 20 minutes to kill. So, yeah, I've never had an issue with the sleep yeah. until the next morning when the wife asked me to do a load of washing and I was like, <laughs> no, fuck off, not <laughs> yeah. happening. So now I reckon would be the best time to talk about um, something that's really important, not only during pregnancy and immediately after you have the baby, but for the whole first year in general, because we believe that, um, yeah, that first year, the routine's everything. Like, what routines did you find helpful? Because we had the strictest routine just to make sure that the kids had um, some consistency every day, um, and it just helps with the brain development as well. Um, but, yeah, did, what did you find helpful? What's what's good is that a lot of, a lot of partners end up doing it is joining mother's groups, and some can be good and some not so good. My wife found a really good group of other mums and what was really nice is it became like a little community, uh, everyone sharing bits of information and um, some of them spending lots of money getting different lactation consultants and sleeping consultants coming in and, um, you know, obviously those uh, mums were sharing that information around. So firstly, that was a really good starting point to go, you know, what information's out there and then what we should what we should lean into, but yeah, definitely we tried to get in a routine straight away because everything that you you hear and you read about says that it makes the most sense. It's hard it's hard as a dad because you end up well you start off really um, as this kind of like support support role, you know, really complementing everything that you know your partner's doing. Um, but then as you, your baby grows up a bit more, you can actually do a lot more and contribute more to that routine. As that's well. when she catches up on sleep and you have to do everything at night time. That's right. <laughs> that's that really <laughs> tough time when they stop breastfeeding and they realize, hey, you can, you can, actually you can do bottle stuff feed now. too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, so, you know, if you can't contribute to the routine initially, especially with breastfeeding, there are other things that you can do and that you should do. So things like bath time, reading books to them, that kind of stuff. Things that you can own completely. Uh, I've got a guy, a, a guy at work who he's only missed a handful of bath times for his daughter because he places such an importance on it, and um, you know he loves it as well. Nice. Well, I'm gonna go the other way there because I fucking hate bath time. <laughs> Mel, I'll tell you, I'll do anything except bath time. So they just shit me to tears at bath time because it's like they splash and I don't like getting wet, <laughs> and they like drink the water, and I'm like, you're a fucking grub. Why are you drinking bath water? It's got your piss in it, and it's just like. Without 
without being too disgusting, like bath time just shits me. <laughs> Especially when they shit in it. Yeah, we've had a, a few floater incidents. I think it scarred me really after the floaters. I'm just like, yeah, no, nah, not happening, dude. <laughs> so I do place importance on things, but not bath time. Yeah, like Fair reading enough. that book. Yeah. <laughs> Every single night I'm reading a book to them, um, regardless, especially because i got night shifts. So when I'm home, it's daddy book time. Yeah, which is nice, nice time to spend with them as well. Uh, and they always say bedtime routine is so important, and you can see why. Before you're in this world, you, you don't understand how you know things work around being overtired, or if you don't stick to that routine, there are consequences, and you will not, you'll get even less sleep, essentially. Do you remember when, um, like, the first... Our first two kids, how me and Mel would like almost never come to like, oh, we came to maybe like a quarter of the social events that we had as a group. And that was literally, and now everyone knows, everyone who's having kids now is understanding, oh shit, yeah, okay, I get it. (laughs) And at the time we were like, oh, I feel so like, such a bad friend and like yeah. can't, we can't catch up with our friends as much as everyone else and it's really hard because yeah. you you plan your your day around that routine you plan yeah okay and I, I need them to sleep at either, you know, nine or 12 or two or whenever it is yeah um and there are times when you're like i can't leave the house at this time you, you do become very housebound mm. which is difficult if you you know if you're not set up well or you're not comfortable at home yeah yeah i agree with that um Having it like that, so having a ded- dedicated time for feeds and sleeps every day just makes things so much easier because you're like, it break. Not only does it break your day up, so even still, we have that like a rough routine. Breakfast is at six o'clock when they wake up. Mm-hmm. Morning tea is at eight thirty. Twelve o'clock's lunch. You got that three hours in between each food, so it keep feeds, so it keeps um the continuity, and then sleep time. We put them to bed at six thirty, so between five thirty and six thirty is bath and um, books. Yep. And, you know, so everything is set out. But if you break that routine when they're a bit older, it doesn't matter. But in that first year, if, you've, if you're keeping your routine, it makes things so much bloody easier. That's right. And, um, you, and you get to the point where you're willing to miss out on whether it's, yeah, social events or whatever because yeah. you know that if you, if you stick to that routine, then you're going to get a good night's sleep that night. Um, I know that for our, um, you know, from a sleep point of view, there is, there's so much advice out there and every baby's different. What works for some doesn't work for doesn't work for others. Yeah. We were we ended up for our second child getting a sleep consultant come to the house. Uh, weird old little Irish lady came in, spent about four or five hours in the building. Um, you know, just, you've just got to remember that your baby's <laughs> like a potato. <laughs> she, she was pretty much like that. <laughs> she treated her like a potato, and she was, you know, kind of had no emotion. Um, it was quite interesting, but you know, I'd I'd do it. 10 times over it's just quite expensive but you know it's kind of worth that money yeah. to know what does and doesn't work um and to establish some of those good habits and routines yeah and the good thing about having that sort of established routine is you can gauge by the kids fussiness if it needs to be adjusted or not so like i remember like we were talking about before the panic in the first year for the first kid um he's like why are you crying oh my god i've, I've patted you i've trying to make you warmer like you're just going through the list of things but they're just fussy because they're just fussy you know yeah, like that's right. if they're hungry they're fussy because they're hungry you know that they're probably too far in between meals so you've got to adjust your own yes. routine yeah to fix it up and make them happier and obviously the happier they are the happier you are because fucking hell earplugs much <laughs> um and yeah forget about uh big nights out and backing up the next day days of that are that's well right. over mate i've haven't done that since I was 23 anyway, so that wasn't the biggest issue for me. But You really do, you really do weigh up. You're like, I, I know, you know, going out with your mates is fun, but 
like, am I going to handle that hangover the next day? Fuck no, I'm you're not. not. <laughs> Zero fucking. <laughs> Zero chance. Um, I reckon away from the baby routine side of things, um, you know yourself, you got to have a routine for yourself. So it's not as strict as a kid. So you're not eating at 6, 9, 12, 3, and 6. Well, you might. I don't know. I don't. But, like, if I eat at those times, it's usually because the kids have got scrap food. And <laughs> fuck if I'm wasting money with wasted food. Um, but you got to have your own routine. For me, um, it was I needed exercise because um, not only, like, I'm not an athlete in any sense of the matter, but I'd, like, I feel a lot better and the sleep deprivation doesn't bother me as much when I've, I'm exercising regularly. So having that, your own routine for exercise is really important. My, but my routine, mine was usually the four days I was at work a week. So I'd, I'd usually train um, the like my, day, my two day shifts and then my two night shifts and then have the four days off. So my four days off, I was just a lazy bastard and my idea of exercise on those days was walking up the stairs with a beer to walk, to play PlayStation while the little fella was asleep. So, you know, like it was good recovery, but probably not great for the body fat levels. But that's the hardest thing, I think, you know, for, for guys and girls to um, to have you, that routine for yourself. It's the first thing that goes out the window. You're focusing so much on, you know, this little person you're kind of not thinking about your own personal routine and a lot of the time as well your own routine as a as a couple um so that's why it's very important to kind of try um i think every dad goes through that you know that stage or you know a period of focusing less on themselves uh and you start to put on you know the bit of the dad bod we've all been there it's pretty normal i'm still there yeah, it, oh, I'll get out of it eventually. But um, yeah, it's 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 pretty normal, and you can't really beat yourself up around it because there's other more important things happening in your life. Too much fade. All right, welcome back. Um, we're talking about the first year of fatherhood um, and we're going to move straight into coping with regressions and teething. So, Cam, how did you cope, mate? Step one for me was just pump them full of Nurofen and Panadol. <laughs> Heck yeah. A lot of people might not agree with that, but I'll no. do whatever, whatever it takes. Do what you got to do, dude. To make them feel better. <laughs> Fucking oath. <laughs> Same with Bongella. Rub that on the gums. Oh, shit. That yeah, gum. that stuff was a godsend. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, works well. Frozen teething rings, munch mitts, anything to get them kind of... Munch mitts? Yeah, yeah, oh, munch mitt. Sounds like something straight. you'd chuck in your lunchbox. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough and you know, there are certain little tactics you can use, obviously. We were so into all these different apps and regression apps and things that could measure leaps and what stage they are at and all that kind of stuff. Um, in the first year for the first baby, it was really good because you could kind of at least justify maybe why you know they're upset for a kind of three or four week period and then why they're good for a three or four week period. Um, but then second time around, you kind of just go with the flow a bit more and yeah. you just assume if they're, if they're shitty that then they're in some kind of regression. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, take that foot off the pedal for a, the second one a bit. <laughs> Dude, imagine, like, the way I put it to the, all the new dads, I'm like, imagine getting your routine to this perfect point where you're just like, yep, he's going to go to sleep in about 17 minutes. He's had the exact amount of milliliters of food. We're good to go. I'm going to get about 19 and a half minutes of FIFA in on the PlayStation. All good. And that works like that for, like, 
a month and everything's sweet. And then all of a sudden your baby fucking hates you <laughs> and it just goes to shit. That's right. You can't get too comfortable because uh, they kind of lull you into a false sense of security. And they're like, nope, fuck you. Definitely. Teething turns everything upside down too because not only are they irritatingly grizzly, but they bite mummy's nips, <laughs> which also makes mummy irritatingly grizzly. <laughs> So that's, that's my take right. on regression. Just something else to kind <laughs> of... Teething. Yeah, tiptoe around. <laughs> Bitter nips. <laughs> there always seems to be some kind of regression around the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, and don't don't ever be one of those dads who's just like, yeah, my baby sleeps all the time, my baby's good, because yeah. guess what? The next night, they yeah. won't. Don't jinx it. And also, when you say shit like that, it makes every dad and mum around you want to punch you in the <laughs> dick. Agreed. Um, how did, so how did you get through the first three to four month mark? Um, yeah, the hardest part I'd say for both kids, yeah. uh, call it the trenches. Uh, and as I was saying earlier, it feels like it goes on forever because it is such a kind of tough time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for us, it really, it, it did test that ability to function without sleep. Um, we just kind of, you know, you take every day as it comes and it was, it was definitely pretty tough. But I, once again, if you know that, that is going to be a tough time. It does help a little bit as opposed to going in completely blind. Kind of prepares you for it, yeah. yeah. Especially for the second or third kid. Exactly. You know what's coming. Yeah, I just did as I was told. Kept the peace. Yeah. Kept my own sanity. If I did it again, I'd take a more mental health view for it. It is important to be there and help and all that sort of stuff. But the occasional beer or burger, catching up with a couple of mates or um, people you meet is so beneficial. Like we met a couple of couples um, through the special care unit at the hospital where our babies were. So we've made lifelong friends through that. So I've, I found it so beneficial catching up with the boys, um, like the dads, even just the days where we were caught at the hospital, the dads would just head over to the pub for a couple of beers um, or just lunch, even a quick slap on the pokes just to, uh, to keep the sanity and keep that identity of just being a bloke yeah. and um, not just a dad stuck in a hospital you know That's like, right. and it's really important to, like encourage your missus to do the exact same thing um back to the baby side of things the f- biggest thing in that first three to four it was like every night every every sleep i was checking if they were breathing yeah you know you just even second third kid i was doing the exact same thing i was paranoid yeah because it's that tough time when you often like flip them over as well in their sleep or yeah, yeah. introduce little comforters, things like that. Yeah, back yeah. to that gecko analogy. It's like, <laughs> is that tail still attached? You know, <laughs> they're so fragile. How did your relationship with Jess change in the in the first year, or did uh, it change? Yeah, I'd say definitely. It, it can't. It can't not really. You you see a completely different side of your partner which you've never seen before. This kind of nurturing motherly side and you know some women find that naturally others you know don't and that's fine um with my wife it was it was so nice to see you know her come into her own and just be so confident as a mum. even though you know we as mentioned before we were kind of you, you do worry about things and you really don't know but at the same time just really kind of um, leaning into it and just loving you know motherhood all the good and the bad um and to see, you know, everything from childbirths to see her, you know, looking after it throughout that first year. Um, I say it. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic. You just, yeah, for me, I found like a, a newfound appreciation for my wife and the things that she can do and how strong she is. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. I can agree with all of that there. But taking the other side of it as well, you're you're looking at the positives, which is great. But I'm sure that it wasn't a year full of positives. Oh, like no. you've you've got your negatives. So, yeah. so I hate to take that route. But anyone who hasn't had a kid who's listening, priorities change. Your emotions are running high. Her emotions are running high. You don't make enough time for each other. Some people say they do, but there's a good chance that you you still don't. Yeah. You know, me and Mel definitely didn't. Um, but we got through it. And um, something went right because we went back for two more. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely making sure that you can adjust to um, the priority change and the emotions side of things. That was definitely a big big eye-opener for me. My only advice really is um, make time for non-sexy time alone with your partner. Um, try and find something you can both do together, even if it's just a puzzle while having a couple of drinks um, to loosen up and have a convo. It might, might even make her more comfortable and relaxed and want actually do want sexy time but no is that's not the priority your priority is just reconnecting with your missus uh, when the kid's not around so you're not you don't just your identity isn't just being parents it's like that's right yeah. you keep that relationship as that, well that's a good point and as much you know getting as much as support as you can from other people will allow you just to get out of the house yeah and break that you know break that routine that we've yeah. been talking about Spend more time, just the two of you. You don't need to spend a shitload of money on babysitters. Hey, you can, like, friends, family. If you've got close friends, they're not going to say no. Like, they're they're most likely already offered you to look after your kids. So, take advantage of it. Yeah, take it up for sure. So, moving on, how how good was that feeling when you hit that first birthday? That that is the ultimate. (laughs) That's the pinnacle. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just a lie of the sand. You say, like, yes, we can do this and, yes, we've made it, you Mm. know. It's, it's, we always say to each other, it's, it's a celebration for you and your partner more so than it is for the kid, yeah. really. As long as, yeah, especially if they're a happy and healthy kid, like you, you notice that the, um, the invite list for the first birthday is never kids, is it? It's That's like, right. <laughs> it's all the parents and there's a fr- fresh carton in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the afternoon, <laughs> kids not going to remember their cake smash, but you're going to remember the time that you have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Sure. It's like doing the hurdle race on sports day at school. It's like you run that first 50 meters, which is your first six months, and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm doing it. And then that first hurdle hits, and you're like, oh, shit. And you're like, try not to face plant. So, like, then you've got another 15 meters, and you're like, oh, shit, another hurdle. You try not to face plant. And then when you get to that 100 meters at the end of the race, you're like, yes, I've done it. That's it. Yeah, I came last, but I did it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like we said, you know, if you're taking time out with your partner throughout that as much as you can, it's. Once again, it just makes it all the, all the better when you do make it to that year mark. Yeah, definitely. Then you just have to repeat it until you die. <laughs> <laughs> that hurdle race. <laughs> Doesn't get easier. <laughs> That's basically the first year. So we've uh, we've covered everything from birth to looking after your wife to keeping yourself interested and keeping your baby alive. I think we've covered pretty much everything there. And um, if, if we haven't, and if you have anything to add to it that we can uh, give you a shout out on the next episode, don't forget to email us at, at shitdadpod at gmail.com. But let's move on to uh, shit dad moment of the week, which is personally my favorite segment. I hope you don't mind if I start, Cam. Go for it, <clears throat> Just recently, um, we had, um, I got I had my three kids and their little friends from school and daycare, their, their mum brought them over and we're like, yeah, sweet, let's have a fire pit. It's going to be nice. We'll roast some marshmallows and have, have a nice dinner. So I cooked up a big old bowl of spaghetti and um, we made s'mores and all that sort of stuff. And it was just a really nice night and everyone stunk of smoke and it was, yeah, perfect. And then it, was, it started getting dark and we we're like trying to get the kids inside. Obviously, they weren't having a bar of it. They were all jumping on the trampoline and that. So... 
I've um, taken a bit of rubbish down the side to the bin and um, I saw a bucket next to the bin. And I was like, fuck yeah, I can make, I can take advantage of this. So uh, the kids were minding their own business on the trampoline. Everything was good. And I've just chucked the bucket on my head and sprinted full tilt at the trampoline, <laughs> yelling my head off. Scared the shit out of them. They all started screaming. I thought everyone's ha- they were all having a blast, but at least they were running towards the house, like going inside. Next minute, I'll take the bucket off my head and one of the kids is lying on the floor screaming her head off because I scared the shit out of her so much she'd fallen off the back of the trampoline. <laughs> Jesus, they'll, they'll never come back. Yeah, they'll never come back, and they'll think they'll think I'm a serial killer forever. Oh, that's my shit, that moment. That's great. Buckethead never fails. Yeah. Uh, mine's mine's uh, more so just going back to what we were saying earlier. We had a really rough night with the kids one night. Both of them up all night. We had recently moved um, Harper to out of a cot into a real bed, um, which is usually pretty disruptive, and you know doing the daycare drop-off, and I really wasn't paying that much attention, brain wasn't working properly, um, and dropped them off uh, with no shoes. I realised as I got there and I said to the daycare uh, administrator, is this okay? And she said, you know what, a lot of dads forget. So I didn't feel too bad off the back of it. <laughs> a she lot said, of dads forget. Yeah, she, and she also said, to be honest, you know, they take them off as soon as you get there anyway. Yeah, so sweet. I didn't feel bad. So you're not actually a shit dad? No. <laughs> Self-proclaimed shit dad. No, that's good. We're getting further uh, into dadhood now, so let's build up an arsenal of dadness. Without tucking your polo shirt into your denim shorts and hiking up your tube socks out of your New Balance shoes, here's a couple to keep in the receipt-filled wallet. You first, Camo. Oh, I've got two. So the first one is, you know, develop what I call like a fish, fish hook finger, which is this really kind of fast-acting way to get whatever it is in your kid's mouth out so you <laughs> nice. have to be able to quickly activate it shove it in not get bitten and and, and get it out <laughs> the fish hook finger, fish hook finger. I'm um, that. my second one is just you know going back to what we we're talking about earlier in terms of the year one being very difficult and and varying degrees of difficulty for people don't be that dad that says my my kid sleeps well my kid sleeps through the night because <laughs> uh, no one wants to hear it and yeah. they want to punch you you're probably going to get a slap um and also don't forget Every time you fall asleep on the couch, if you get woken up, just say you're resting your eyes. That's really important. And if you forget your keys and like you walk out of daycare or something, you've dropped your keys or something, you walk back in, tell everyone who will listen. I can't go anywhere without these. It's really important as well. But moving back onto the, the don't be the dad who tells everyone how good their kid is. Also, don't be the dad who walks their kid in the shopping center having like an adult conversation with them. Because seriously, they don't understand you and you sound like a fuckwit. Right, that's uh, that's the Shit Dad podcast for week number two. Don't forget to review us on iTunes. Give us a big old five star uh, so we can get some sponsors and get it happening. Um, but now we're going to read out some guest emails. Oh, yeah, so we don't have any. But what we would like to say to everyone is please do send some in. So as mentioned, we've got this new Gmail account, shitdadpod at gmail.com hit us up with your own shit dad moments um, and any suggestions or feedback you liked or probably hated about the show we'll listen to all of it Um, have a great week dads you're doing a really good job and uh, don't forget it now go crack a beer sit back and enjoy it